Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to this podcast. I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and today we are talking about relationships. This is part two of relationships, and today I'm going to focus quite a lot on the male-female brain and the fact that it's really important to understand the differences between us and to understand that you don't have to be in a relation, in a marriage relationship or in a um, dating relationship to benefit from the information I'm going to share in this podcast because we're all first and foremost individuals, unique individuals, and then secondly, we express this through our, our maleness and our feelings. Femaleness. So we're out there in the world with males and females, and whether you like it or not, it's actually a pretty good idea to understand how the opposite sex actually functions. But I really want to stress very heavily that first and foremost, you are you, completely unique, a unique individual with an incredible way of thinking and able to do things that no one else can do. And so just on that topic, I have a great book called The Perfect You, which you can pick up at drleaf.com, which really helps you to understand the uniqueness of you. But then on top of that, let's Let's explore the fact that not only are we unique, but we also express this uniqueness through our maleness and our femaleness, which is really exciting. And I think one of the fun, easy ways to understand this difference is looking at the male-female brain, where there are distinct differences. And right up front, let me explain that these differences don't make one gender more powerful than the other. We are equal. Male and female are equal. We see this on a spiritual level. We know this instinctively. We know this from brain science. We're just different. And that different is very, very complementary. I always talk about the three C's of relationships. We are designed to complete each other and not compete each other, compete with each other. And when you when you look at that, you actually are, it's, it's much more, it's a very positive statement. It's not trying to take something from someone or, or be better than someone. It's, a, it's an, a desire to understand someone else. So that's the first C. We are, we are designed to complete each other and not compete with each other. The second one is that we are compatible. Males and females are compatible. You can get on with your, your if you're a female, get, get, get on with your male colleague or brothers and sisters, siblings or parents and a father and a daughter and a mother and a son and husband and wife and friends that are best friends, whatever. We are designed to get on with each other. Humans are, believe it or not, compatible. We're designed to get on with each other. The third C is that we are complementary. So that in complementary means that we contribute to and we improve each other. So we actually better together. There's things that you can do that I can't do that will enhance me. And, you know, you see this so clearly in a marriage relationship, but it's also out there in all relationships between the opposite sexes. So the three C's are we designed to complete and not compete. We designed to be compatible, which means fit together. And we designed to be complementary, which means contribute to and improve each other. Okay, so in the studio with me today is my husband. Mac, thanks for joining me again today in the in the studio with the podcast. Mac and I have been married 30 years this year, so this is a very special year for us. And our daughter, our eldest daughter, Jessica, is getting married this year as well. So we're very excited about this is a real 
real love year, isn't it? It's a year where lots of, of exciting things are happening. Always a pleasure to be with you, sweetheart. Thank you. And it's always a pleasure being with you. We, this, we've been married for 30 years and I think we are happier now than we've ever been. We've always had a great marriage. We've had so many compliments in our marriage. People have often said to us that, you know, just people often will be with us um, or just see us at a, at a church or at a function and, and we don't even know them and we'll get an email saying, you saved our marriage and we're wondering who these people are. And then they'll make compliments, uh, uh, sorry, they'll make comments like, well, we just watched the way you communicated with each other or the way you were holding hands or the way you looked at each other. So we don't realize that, you know, as a, as a married couple, people are watching you. People are always watching you. And whether you're married or not, as, as a human, people are watching how you're handling your life and how you are handling your relationships with others. So it's very important that we get, you know, watch ourselves. Well, I think it's important. You said some years back that, you know, if you go into a marriage expecting something, you know, you, you might not get all the things that you're looking for. But if you go into the marriage with the intention of giving up to 100%, you're certainly going to get 100% back, you know, in terms of all kinds of things, whether it be love or, or, or um, conversations that are worthy of, you know, having and things like that. So very important to give in the marriage and to, to be generous and to be giving because uh, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to um, cherish, honor our partners. So, you know. And that's, a, and that's a choice that we make to do that. And I think what you said there is very important that we do give back, that that we go into marriage giving 100% and expecting nothing. And if each partner is going into the marriage giving 100% but not expecting you're going to automatically give that 100% back. You know, so it's really, and that's what you and I have really tried to do. Now, that's some advice that we would give as a couple to any couple. And that's what we, you know, we're telling our daughter who's getting married this year, we're telling her those kind of things. And, and our kids have grown up with us. Go in expecting 100. So many marriages and relationships, um, just being in a, a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, so many of the, the relationships can be a problem because the person feels incomplete in themselves and then they want the other person to complete them. And even though completing each other is one of the three C's, how are you expecting them to complete you? I mean in the three C's, I mean completion in terms of comp in, in, in terms of a, a very complementary way that we are not trying to fix each other or fill the holes in our own heart by the, with the other person or get them to meet our need. It's more of in the generosity of giving, there's a completeness that arises as opposed to getting from that person. So it's a completeness that is from a giving as opposed to a getting. Well, it's, uh, it's the old mathematical formula, one plus one equals three. Exactly. You know, if you're divided, then, you know, the, the Bible says the house will fall. So, you know, you need to be working towards uniting on things. And uh, obviously there's differences, you know. You know, I'm a little older than you and, you know, so grew up in a different generation. So there are differences. We always tease you, I always tease you that for one month of the year, you're 10 years older and then for the rest of the time, you're nine years older yes. with your birthday being, with our birthdays. But yeah, that's true. I mean, there are things that you and I disagree on and we, um, but we, we choose to, if we don't totally agree on something, we just accept that we agree to disagree and we don't let that become a huge stumbling block in our relationship and we keep on trying to always give 100%. And when we fall, generally, if, we, if, if there's a problem that we have between each other, we're very quick to fix it. We try not to let it go beyond the 24 hours, which we were speaking a little bit about this in the last podcast, sure. but it's also bad for our brain. We, we both, I mean, you know from all the brain science that I've been teaching over the years that when we don't, 
gives us 100% when we don't operate in this very giving, loving mode, which is very natural for the human because our brain and body are wired for love. When we don't do that, we're actually causing brain damage. For sure, we get toxic and then, you know, open to all kinds of illnesses and exactly. mental illnesses and physical illnesses and so on. It's just not worth it. And then blaming yeah. the partner when it's not the partner, when we maybe need to look at ourselves. So that's a good point to remember if you want to start taking some points away from this podcast is that when you are toxic, when you are not giving 100%, when you are not give, completely and utterly trying your best to um in a generous way to complete the other person, not try and get from them what your, the holes are in your own mind and your own life. When you do, when you do the positive side, when you when you look at that in from from the correct aspect, you bringing brain health into your, into your brain. Whereas if you're very toxic and just trying to get the person to complete the holes in your life, and you're demanding and you're not thinking, well, they've got to give me fifty and I'll give them fifty, or they've got to give me sixty, whatever silly thing we have in our minds, you're actually causing brain damage. So you know, even though like when people are communicating, I think a very very good you know there's a couple of fun things to talk about. A lot of people talk about the fact that women speak more than men and there's a myth that's been going around for many years and I've done the research and I can guarantee that that is a myth that women speak around about 25,000 words a day and men speak around uh, around about 10 to 15 so women talk more and you know there's always been this thing about sure. women t- t- talking more. Well, it's created stereotypes. It's created stereotypes. stereotypes aren't necessarily true. Exactly. Yeah. And so one has to be careful because we live those stereotypes, you know. We live into them. Yeah, and we'll say she always talks too much or this, that, and the other. And uh, it's, uh, I think it's wrong. It just, you have the wrong foundation. And that's, der- can, people can use it in a derogatory sense, like, oh, don't listen to the woman, they just talk too much. And it becomes almost negative. Mm. Whereas the research has shown that women and men both talk about 16,000 words a day. Mm. I mean, that these are obviously estimates and these are general estimates. But the interesting fact is whatever the number is, it's, it's, it's about the same amount every day. And men and women talk differently. Women tend to talk in a more um, broad way, using lots of adjectives, unfinished sentences. And men talk like a thank tennis back and forth back and forth score a point you know functional so it's a different way of talking and I think if we understand that you know and that's what my book called um, the um, switch on your brain who's gosh I can't see the title of my own book who switched off your brain the mystery of he said she said I have a lot of those points in there where I talk about the brain uh, the differences that they found in the male female brain and then how this plays out in conversations and and emotions and stress and just life in general Oh, you had a lot of good information in that book. I, you know, whenever we sell it at conferences, I tell if the husband and wife are buying the book together, I tell them to read each other a chapter, you know, every evening. And so it promotes conversation, you know. And you've had so many. Discussion. That's true. You've had so many compliments coming back from, from that particular advice that you give people. People will send us emails saying, we did it. We read that book to each other. We went through that book. Yeah. You know, so it's got a lot of tips, that um, brain tips as well. And what we, one of the reasons why women um, and men talk differently is, is, is due to brain structural differences, that women actually have more white matter in the brain and men have more gray matter. And it's not that men are better than women or women are better than men. We've just got to really cancel that out of our vocabulary once and for all we are equal it's different so both men and women have gray and white matter in the brain and both 
and we just have different we, we just have different sort of proportions of it and that influences so much how we think things through how we have conversations so the fact that a woman uses more adjectives and more open-ended sentences um, the, this is coming partly coming from a brain structural ch- difference to how a man's brain is structured both equally as good equally as, as intelligent and um, what generally what this looks like is that in a woman's conversation she'll tend to spread her words during the course of the day. This is what the research shows. Whereas a man tends to condense his words. I often use the analogy of a a, a kettle that's steaming and the steam comes out and the steam moves all over the the kitchen and it lasts for quite long. And then think of an ice cube. Well, women talk like a steam kettle where there's a lot coming out and it stretches for longer so that little bit of water can spread over a longer period, a longer, over a greater distance. So women tend to stretch out their words over a longer period of time and that's why women are quite can keep going right till you know right till into the late evening whereas men speak more like ice cubes it's condensed it's dense it's packed and a lot more the research shows that men tend to talk a lot more in a work environment during the course of the day and then they do in the evenings you know it's these little things that can help so much because I remember at the beginning of our marriage even knowing these things and even knowing, and I didn't, obviously, as, as the years have gone by, I've learned more about the brain and so on in my research. But even knowing these things, I would um, get quite put out when you weren't as talkative at the end of the day as what I was. And I wanted to talk through the day and tell you my feelings and tell you what happened. And I'm pouring out all this detail. And all you wanted was a little bit of time to switch off and just go into, you know, the the classic, the, the sort of classic F- flick cave the channels, time, flick, yeah. flick the channels and switch off. And, ju- and just tell the, tell, tell the listeners what, what would happen in those situations. I'd look at you, I'd say, you know, I'd be yeah, talking away. Ask me away what's and, wrong. Yeah. I'd say to you what's wrong. And I'd get irritated because yeah. nothing is wrong. I was just recouping from the day you know, and we, we'd have gathering an my thoughts yeah we were literally having yeah. an argument in the beginning processing of our marriage. them relaxing yeah. yeah so he was kind of switching off into that cave zone and I was trying and I dived in with all this excitement and all this this these ideas and 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 you know emotions and detail meanwhile what we've learned over the years and what research shows is that give that you men need that time towards the end of the day just to go into their cave and process and women need to talk so how are you going to make that work in a relationship well you let the men do their thing and you phone your girlfriend, you phone your kids, you talk to the dog, whoever, listen, talk, just get it out of you. So by the time you have, um, the guy has calmed down and you have kind of got your thoughts in order, then you can really talk through those things. So it's just a matter of giving, you know, giving, respecting each other's space, not getting mad because she wants to talk, not getting mad because he doesn't want to talk, but finding the time when both of you can talk, which is generally a little bit later on in the evening. You know, these are the kind of tips that I've got in the book that align with the brain, how the brain functions. And um, the book's called Who Switched Off Your Brain? The Mystery of He Said, She Said. And we can really can can conquer that. I mean, there's just so many points to cover. Um, I think one of the, the things, maybe another thing to cover is things like intellectualizing, how we process information differently as a male and female. That's quite interesting as well, with the whole woman having a bigger front part of their brain and men having a bigger back part of their brain. Um, and that's that's just um, it's not we've all got the whole brain, but it's just it's equal, and it just it it influences how we intellectualize. So men tend to intellectualize from the big picture to the detail, and women tend to intellectualize and process from the detail to the big picture, and that can that can really make a difference in how it comes out. And it's like it's both are brilliant, both are 
different perspectives, two sides of a coin, and they can just come to the you know that you get to this you, know, you get to a complementary state at the end of the this end of the intellectualizing. But what from from research, from experience, from our own experience, because it's a different, there's there's a tendency for us to get selfish and think, well, he's not thinking like me, he's wrong. She's not thinking like me, she's wrong. Meanwhile, if we just breathed and listened and breathed and listened, we would actually find that what he's got to say and what she's got to say are actually very powerful <laughs> two sides sure. of the coin. So, you know, the man doesn't have all the answers and the woman doesn't have all the answers. We together, we can, we can get the answers. So, and it's also interesting that um, anything more that you want to say about that, Mac? Well, I was thinking of intellectualizing. I mean, we, uh, I remember when I was in school, I mean, I always tried to be number one in academics. I was like, four girls were always beating me. So I think, uh, <laughs> you know, I think uh, at one stage you said that girls do better in verbal skills and up to a certain age and men do better in other skills at a certain age. But you don't want to make that a sort of... Um, Distinction between... Uh, and it's and been, Especially yeah. in today's world, you know, where you think scientists should be men and mathematicians should be men. You know, I think a, a lot more women should be encouraged to enter those fields because the intellectualizing of both groups is certainly going to help develop things Equally, for the future. Exactly. Yeah. So what you say... Not just uh, man has the monopoly on the thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's a, a, such an excellent point that you brought up in the current day where women have got a voice to actually really finally in history for the first time, women are really having an impactful voice. And it's so vitally important to be recognized that, that, and that's why I like to teach on this message because it is what you said is that there's to the old way of thinking, the old stereotypes that men go into science and women become the homemaker. You know, it's just not, it, it all of us are scientists, all of us are homemakers, but we do it differently. And I think that's the difference now is that we are understanding that you can have two women scientists, I mean, a male and a woman scientist, and they're both going to give something different to the party. Sure. So we shouldn't be so defined, mm. like the, the old things that women are emotional and men are unemotional. This is wrong. Sure. Women and men are emotional, but we're different in our emotions. Men and women have empathy, but we're different in our empathy. Men and women are capable of any intellectual pursuit that they desire that is the passion of who they are as a unique human being first and foremost so we shouldn't define people by whether they're male or female we should define people by uh, let people define themselves by their inner, inner nature and that's why it's so important that we understand that the differences that we see in males and females are complementary they are compatible that we can work through them so all these things like even the way a man and a woman deal with stress and emotions these things are different even driving a car I mean I am terrible with directions and, you're, and we've got a, and, and you're brilliant with directions. And very often this is seen as a male thing. Men are good at directions and women aren't. But we have friends and the male, the husband is terrible. We're worse than me with directions. And the woman is as good as what you are with directions. And, and the point being made here is that, however, when a woman is thinking of directions in her mind, she uses a lot more land, um, like uh, landscapes and, and images landmarks. and color and landmarks. Yeah. Whereas the men use more of the geometric, the, you know, the Euclidean geometry and 
and seeing that. So it's different. So whether you're good at it or not, um, it's a lot to do with your the way you think uniquely. But we can't keep classifying and separating males and females with these things. So that's why sciences are just a great way of understanding our sure. complementary differences. Well, thank you for listening today. We're definitely going to have to have another podcast because I had like another 30 points to bring up in the science. And I know that these are things that are very interesting for people. So we'll certainly be doing more podcasts on the male-female brain, which I think is super exciting and helping us in our society today to help our daughters and our sons and our work colleagues and our husbands and our wives, all of us to work together because we are designed to work together. We're designed to operate in love. Thank you for joining us and I look forward to the next time.